True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee. And we're super excited to have you here. We've got another fantastic guest. We've been lucky lately with guests. We went through a dry patch where like we could not find one, but lately we've just been popping them off and we're really excited. Um, Okay, so we're going to start off today by reading a review. And this is really short review, but it's five stars. And the title of the review says, Great Podcast. Hands down the most insightful and informative podcast about the Missy Beavers case. Keep up the good work, ladies. And that was written by a listener called Blame Shame. So thank you so much for that. So nice. I know we always say this, but it's true. The five-star reviews keep us motivated. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so if you are enjoying our podcast, please give us a five-star review. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts. And where else, Crystal? Spotify has that now. That's new. All right. That's new on Spotify. So thank you so much. And we are just beside ourselves to have the fantastic detective Christine Menina back on the show. If you haven't listened to our other episode with Menina on there, you need to check it out from last year. But she's back. And she's she's, amazing. She's got her own podcast now. So we're about to admit her into the call. So here we go. It takes a minute for Zoom to... (laughs) let's see is she there hey menina hey how are you what up i'm sitting in the closet because it's loud here that's awesome (laughs) we love it welcome back to true crime broads and thanks for being willing to come back on we're so excited to have you absolutely let me take my picture off i'm not really having a great hair day but no you know what we're not on video for our show we're audio only so so, yeah, thank goodness you should see my hair right now. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, we're so excited that you're here. So, Menina, we heard that you've got a new podcast of your own. I do. Murder with Menina. That's Yay. so awesome. I love, the, I love the ring to it. It's cool. I know. It sounds so cool. Murder with Menina. I'm cool. <laughs> Plain and simple. You're cool. We, 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 are, we already knew that. <laughs> I'm but. so cool. No, I'm not cool. That's what's funny. People think I'm cool. It's not, some people do. I'm not cool. I'm well, not I could see you being like, uh, you know, like hard on people. Like, listen here, buddy. You know, I, I could see you not taking nothing from nobody. Well, yeah, you got to set the presence <laughs> there you early. Go. Being right. a female, of course. Yeah, right. True. Like, it's this fine line of trying to be understanding, but not trying to get your ass kicked. Right. Right. There you go. Well, Well, let's start off by having you tell us about your background. I know you did on our last episode, but there might be some new people with us today that didn't get to hear that. I know you've had a a fantastic career, so we'll let you go ahead and tell tell us a little bit about that. I've been blessed. I always wanted to be a police officer since I was seven years old. Wow. I think I told you guys before I watched the episode of Chips on our new color TV that uh, we got. We were one of the first... I don't know, in the neighborhood, but we had all the neighbors over because we had gone to Sears to get our first color TV. And when we came home, um, the first show that we saw was Chips. And I was like, what? So I (laughs) rigged up my bicycle. And of course, I was Poncharella because he was the cool one. Right. And rode up and down the street riding tickets and leaving it on my neighbor's cars. (laughs) That's That's amazing. (laughs) I love it. It's like a true. And I would I I remember one day um, I went out to the bus to catch the bus. And my dad's tires had been stolen off his car. Oh, my God. And so all day long, I was doing an investigation while I was at school. And I came home. And I was, like, looking for fingerprints and (laughs) doing all sorts of things. So 
I feel really lucky that I knew early on and just went and, and did it. Got a green criminal justice and then oh, got hired in a really small town in Bremen, Indiana, which you've never heard of, I'm sure. A lot of Amish people. Oh, wow. But, uh, now, we have to know, did you solve that one with the tires? Did you figure out who did it? I didn't. It? That's like, so I'm like, oh, for two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Hey, you guys started early. So yeah, you we'll give you a break. Around. You were a little kid. Thank you had you. no experience. So yeah. we'll let that one slide. Right. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> I was uh, hired in Bremen as the first female officer, which uh, was an interesting, it was interesting for a couple of reasons. One, there's only 10 police officers on the department. I was the first female. They hired me and they hired a canine the same day. That town was like, what the <laughs> hell? High Amish community and very, very boring. Um, so it's crazy because before I even went to the police academy, they gave me a uniform and a gun and kind of set me free. I'm like, <laughs> what? I ain't even handled a gun yet. So that was a little crazy. And I would run radar on Amish buggies because it was so boring. And wow. then when I did any police work, it never really went anywhere because everybody knew the chief and everybody knew one another. And I was only there a year and got hired down in Indianapolis, which is where I'm from. Okay. And then I did 25 years there and just retired a year ago, February. That's Well, that's where all the interesting stuff goes down, I'm sure, is at the Indianapolis PD. Now, it's, you're so well, humble. You didn't mention this on our last podcast, but you had a TV show called The Shift. I did. My husband so and I came across it and we binge watched it. It was so oh, good. Okay. It was so good. Well, that's an interesting story. And you'll hear later on my podcast, uh, the two people that filmed me very early in my career, not from the shift, but which got me the show, the shift. So there was a television show called women in the badge. And I had been in homicide for maybe a year. And I had the most homicides that year in the unit. It just, it's the way it fell. So I had like nine or 10 that I investigated in one year, which is a lot anyway, but it's really a lot for a brand new detective. So at that point in time, there was a show where uh, people were going around and they were filming women in law enforcement. So it's like a half hour show and half of it would be at, say in Indianapolis and the other half would be in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And they came there and somebody in the in the media office said, you know, interview Menina. She I, I think I had one detective of the year at, at that year. And they said, you know, she's pretty good or whatever. And so they did kind of like a screen test. And I didn't know what the hell that was. And so I called my sister who had been on TV before a local news station. And she's like, wear this color and do this. And <laughs> so I went and I interviewed and they picked to follow me. And what's so great, they were following me as in homicide, and then they were following a female officer with Indianapolis on the canine unit, and they were kind of going back and forth. And it took me forever to get a case, which was so crazy because I was getting them all of the time to the point where, uh, and it was on oxygen, to the point where they told the two um, women camera people who I just clicked with, we just became instant friends, you got to come home. Like, we're, it's too much money. She's not catching the case. We'll figure something out. And they were like, no, 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 no. Like, we really like her. It will be good if we can catch one. And at the time, they were filming another show called The Knot. I think it's some wedding show. So they were kind of going back and forth. But long story longer, they got there and then they left and then they came back and I caught a case. And it was a really, really interesting case. And it lasted six weeks to the point where they moved in with me. Oh, my gosh. That's we awesome. These great friends and 
it was great because they were kind of partnering up with me a little bit and because I can't remember shit like when you're up 24 48 hours all of that stuff and so it was a really a kind of disturbing case but it it ended six weeks later with like a SWAT call out and like great tv absolutely great tv wow so fast forward eight years late later the people that were doing that production reached out to me and said hey we want to film you again um while you're doing your cases kind of like what first 48 does but where they follow just one person and i was like oh that's a great idea one i gotta wait for my turn to come around so i could catch a case and it could be a couple weeks before i get another and secondly, I don't, that is not going to boost morale. And I work with a bunch of men and that is a different ball game in itself. And I said, how about you just come and film us all? And at that point in time, Indianapolis was leading the country in clearance rates. We were up in like the 60%. We had a fantastic group of detectives, young detectives, old school detectives, and we meshed really well. So that's how the shift came um, to pass. And they were here two or three seasons and then we got a new public safety director that came in and said whoa 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 we don't want to showcase Indianapolis and how many murders we have so no more show and that's kind of where oh, that ended so man. yeah it was a, and it was when investigation discovery just started their network we were one of their very first shows and we became really really popular and it was a fun experience because they were young camera people they were super fun, and uh, a lot of them had had experience in the first 48, so doing, you know, filming the first yeah, 48, so it was a great experience, and it kind of showcased what we did, but, you know, it just goes to show you, like, we're like any other major city in the country, and we have our share of homicides and crime, and, the in the of course, the public safety director didn't last very long, and, uh, you know, but it's hard to get into cities and, and film police because there's a lot that goes into it. So, oh, I can imagine that's not a simple task, but that was such an entertaining show. It was so good. It was, well, riveting. It was so, it was so well done. Like when I'm working with my partner now and when we were out pitching shows, we really want it to look like that because it just, it was a little bit different in first 48. And, and what's interesting is, is the camera crew was getting a lot of things that never made the show, which is unfortunate, just kind of, you know, getting in a little bit in our personal lives, not too much, but what it's really, really like, you know, mm -hmm. like, what are you really thinking? And so they had a lot of sound bites and bleeps that they had to do with me because I, I just kind of keep it real and say what it is I'm feeling. And well, blah, you were blah, great. Blah. You were a natural for the camera. My husband and I laughed out loud. There was this one case you're working on where you didn't have a body and you were backing out your patrol car and you go, I ain't got I no body. <laughs> you know what? It's really a lack laughing. of sleep. Like you get a little bit like crazy. Oh yeah, I'm sure you get a little punchy. Like, yeah. You get punchy. And, and I think I've said before, like I worked a homicide. I think I had been up something like 52 hours and oh, I'm driving oh. home on the interstate. And I know I saw a grizzly bear cross the interstate. Like I know I did. <laughs> like I just, I was convinced and you just get a little punchy, but I had a lot of fun. You know, I try to have fun. It's a, it's a, you know, horrible to investigate murders and, and to give families that kind of news, but you kind of have to keep it as light as possible. And what I've learned throughout my career is that people want to know, like, you know, what, what is your thinking and why did you do what you did? And so it was, it was a really, really good experience. And I think it could have really gone far if, you know, but you always have somebody come in and says, no, 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 no. Yeah. You're and having so, way too much fun here. Stop. You're having fun. You're showcasing <laughs> how bad the city is, but what we, but we were solving them. Like we were really, and we had such a great cast. We had 
old school people that, you know, that really taught me a lot. And then I'm kind of the new generation kind of coming up. And I think there was just one other female, Alicia, um, with me. And so it was just, you know, it was a lot of fun to just kind of play along. And luckily we got along with the camera people and they've got such small cameras that you really just didn't feel invaded. And what's so interesting about it is once it got popular, people wanted their five minutes of fame or 10 minutes of fame. And it really helped us because they would come and talk to us, mm. right? They would, they wanted to be on TV. So we got a lot of information and, and it was crazy how that worked. And, and so we used it for advantage and super, super fun. So hopefully we'll be getting back and doing that. Like, you know, my partner, Colleen oh, and nice. I, be awesome. you know, we're in the process of just trying to, to work out some things and, and try to figure out where, what my next chapter is. I remember this one episode, you walked up to a house and there were some people on the porch. You said, hey, I'm looking for so-and-so. And And they were like, nope, we don't know who that is. And then you said, okay, well, I was just trying to find out um, who his family is because he got murdered. And the girl burst into tears. And so then you knew she was lying to you. Yeah, it's one of those things where, um, (laughs) you know, I worked that neighborhood on the street. I remember that. I remember that. And I worked that, that area and it was always hate the police, blah, blah, blah. And I just, you know, I'm really compassionate and I really like, uh, you know, getting relationships with people, but then sometimes you just have to to flip the script. And I I knew she was lying and, and, you know, she's like F the police and all that other stuff. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, just trying to figure out who the family is because this guy was murdered. I think it was, I think it was her cousin. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. That's just crazy. That was yeah. That 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 was a really interesting show. I hope to see you in something else like that again. That was, that was really really good. Um, yeah. Okay. So back to the podcast. I have a question. I was listening yes. to Murder with Menina, and you were talking about fingerprints toward the beginning yep. of the show, and this really blew me away. You said that out of seven hundred cases, you only had two cases that had good fingerprints. That you that 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 got me. Um, to figure out who did it. Oh, you know, okay, like I gotcha. didn't know who did it. Yeah. There were two cases. One was on that filing cabinet that led me because the two cases that I lucked out and got fingerprints, um, I didn't have any leads. Like I just didn't have any leads. It was these victims that literally kind of were not into the crime game and they really weren't, you know, they weren't bad, bad people, which unfortunately a lot of times our victims have been in this type of lifestyle and that's got them killed these two people um one of them had just started he grew marijuana so but he was a really super nice guy never been arrested he's given people marijuana and i got a print on that one but people are you know there's a thousand prints right but they get smudged and if i were to go into your home you know i would probably be able to identify your prints and your husband's but there would be so many smudges and and what people don't understand is the surface has to be a certain temperature, your skin, all of those types of things play into a role. And, you know, that's what I call it. It's, it made it difficult. And I'll, and I'll be talking about this on my next, I, I don't know when it'll drop, but an episode where I talk about juries and the CSI effect that went into what juries want to see and, and what TV has done to make it really, really difficult to get juries to convict people because they want to see the DNA and they want to see fingerprints they want all of that stuff and it's you get a lot of partials you get a lot of smudges you get a lot of hey this is probably him because it fits you know three quarters of his finger that type of stuff but that you know you got to have it you got to have it nailed down to present it to a jury to say yep that's that's him or her absolutely 100 
Yeah, and I, heard, I heard you saying on the on the podcast that first episode that you know some of these TV shows have ruined it for you guys, the CSI shows and stuff like that, because they're you know the public and people on juries are expecting to see those perfect fingerprints or or whatever. It's 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 really you know and and what I loved about the jury trials was afterwards because I would go in and talk to the jury and say you know what is it that you liked and what didn't you like and what did you want to see and it was always the same. They wanted more physical evidence because even if you've got a killer across the table in the jury and you've been sitting and watching him or her all week and, you know, you feel like they probably did it, they, for whatever reason, you know, and it's probably a good, a good thing to have. They just really want it to be, this is a hundred percent who did it. And uh, it's hard when you don't have physical evidence because people want to see that and they love these TV shows and, and all of that stuff. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's a battle that makes it, you know, a lot, it's good and bad, right? Like it makes you work really, really hard to get it and you need it, you know, and, but then it's hard to get, you know, so it's just one of those things. TV helps and hurts us. I can see that. Well, that's, that's kind of a good segue because we wanted to ask your opinion on something. Um, our, Our understanding is in the Missy Beavers case, which you know, is our, our main case. Our understanding is because the perpetrator covered themselves up so well with all that tactical gear, helmet, gloves, that there was no physical evidence left behind. So um, what do yeah. you think? I mean, should we give up and go home or is there still oh, a God, chance? No, never <laughs> give up. I, I, somebody, somebody always knows, right? And that's kind of what keeps me going when I start, you know, and, and on the podcast, we're going to start focusing on some cold cases across the country because we just feel like that there's so many people that just didn't get at least the effort and time that they're um, deserved for whatever reason, social class, you know, what, what, it doesn't matter, whatever reason. And so we're going to start looking at that. But yes, when you, it, it makes it difficult, but never give up because somebody knows, somebody knows. And that case is interesting because I think it's right there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's right there. And I think, you know, as co- cases get colder and more people participate, you know, maybe for a little while and they kind of, go off and then maybe they hear it again. You know, people think because it's so cold, it's more difficult. Now it's not. And the key is to keep it simple. Keep it really simple. It doesn't need to be more complicated because it hasn't been solved because the same information is there. And hopefully you've got a little bit more, you know, than it was at the very beginning. So you just got to keep that in mind. But as far as like, yeah, I mean, that person in that video is covered up pretty good, covered up pretty good. And you know, you're not going to leave a lot of, of of DNA and fingerprints and those things when you're covered up with gloves and all of that stuff. So, I mean, that person, that's why I don't think it was random. And I don't, and I think it was very well planned out. And I think that you guys are real close uh, and probably have your own ideas deep down of who did it and all of that stuff. And I just think it's, it's right there. And, and all right, never well, give up. you answered my next question. I was going to ask if you thought that it was targeted or was she just in the wrong place at the wrong time? No, I think it was targeted. That That is just really, it's, I just don't, I haven't, I guess in my career, I really haven't been able to, I've never really had a case where I haven't been able to link it back to something, right? And that's a big question as investigators that we have to answer is what's the link? You know, not, oh, I have to figure out 100% why this happened, but give me something that would make this person in that church at that time. 
And I just don't think that one, that they would go um, to that much um, preparation time to get all of that gear and put it on. And they were very, I think it had been planned out. There was, it didn't appear to me at all that anybody was nervous about anything. And then when you look at the, you know, how, how violent it was, I just, I just don't believe it. I just haven't had enough experience for me to think that this was a random thing because you're not going to get anything in the church. Like, you know, you're not going to get a lot of money. You're not going to get a lot of valuables. Like if you're going to, you know, rob something or look for, you know, go somewhere else. There's a lot of places around that area. Then when you look at the vehicle, that's across the street and that's paying attention to the building and there's time. And I just, that's just not how I roll. Now I'm not the best detective in the world and and I've surely made my mistakes, but if I had to say, if I had to say, what is it that I think 99.9% of the time Oh, hell no. Hey, we knew you had the highest solve rate at one point in time. So we we trust you. We trust you. You know, I I always say, and people love to use that statistic. I mean, I think that the shift, they found us with the highest rate as a team. And then they asked me, you know, and at that point I had 100% solve rate, right? Like I was solving everything. And so, of course, you know, and that's hard to do. I mean, it's, it's not easy to do, but, you know, it's also a lot of luck. It's a lot of teamwork. It's a lot of people contributing. Um, so I hate to take that on. Well, it's a lot of dedication too. You strike me as the type of investigator that would take this stuff home. You're not just, it's not your day job. I get the impression that you no, live with I it. Think, you know, I think, well, no, right. Like being a police officer wasn't my day job. It started when I was seven. I already did it part-time. <laughs> when I came home from school. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love I just it. I <laughs> get paid for it. But I think in order to give the justice that the family needs, you got to work really, really hard. and. You know, there's got to be a balance and, and and I'll be the first to admit I didn't do a great job of the balancing act but I don't look back on my career and have any regrets in the amount of effort that I put into every case I investigated and that's something that that I'm proud of regardless of statistics and what I did or any awards or, or tv shows you know I, I can look back at my career and say you know what I can't think of one case where I didn't give it my all and that's, that's and that's awesome. what I take home with me. Have you ever had a case that was this weird as Missy's case where there's just hard to figure out how it even happened? I mean, this wasn't like a drug crime that we know of. It's not, you know what I mean? It's just this mysterious creature. I don't think it's that complicated. I think that things that have come out as far as um, marriage troubles Mm -hmm. and things like that, I, I just hope that, you know, they've looked and looked and looked into that. I don't know that it's that complicated. You know, I think it's right. I think it's right there. Mm-hmm. It could be complicated in the sense that it could be very circumstantial and maybe there's not a lot. But I just think that whenever a case is cold, it just means that a rock hasn't been turned over. Find the rock. That's encouraging. For you sure. know, find the rock. <laughs> find that. Yeah. You know, and people are at different places in their lives. And Joe Schmo might get locked up with some information that he may want to use. And that's. You know, and that's how a lot of it gets solved. And, you know, I teach high school right now and, and I'm teaching criminal justice to juniors and seniors. And I just said, you know, you think you've got these friends and you think you've got your boys and girls and you would never snitch. But I tell you, if it's between you and them going to jail, they'll snitch on your ass really quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with, with with people. So if there's somebody that's got some information and they have been caught for another crime and they're trying to get out, you know they'll use that. 
And I just don't believe for a second that the killer hasn't told anybody and that nobody knows. I just, there's no, human nature will not allow you to do that. It will not allow you to do that. What would you say to uh, someone to encourage them to come forward that was afraid to do so for whatever reason? Well, I think, you know, it's just, I, I get it. Like I do get that people are afraid. They don't want to get involved. They don't, it's not their problem, but you know, we're, the life is weird, right? Like life is, and I'm all about trying to do good because I want to do good, but hopefully it will like come around to me. And you just never know in your life and, and, and what you're doing on the day to day that, you know, payback may not come back around. So I always just say, you know, if you've got information and it doesn't mean that if you give information that you're automatically going to be put on the witness stand. And I also think too, that people have information, but in their brain, they're like, oh, the police probably already know it. No, they may not. Or this isn't really that great of information. Yes, it is. At this point, with this case being as cold as long as it is, I think anything that, you know, you think is little, give it to the investigators. Because you just, we only need a crack for the whole door to open. I've been in too many cases where I'm like, oh, my God, I don't have anything. And then I got something really little that may never have been used in court that just opened it wide up. But you've got to have people that are motivated to track it down. And, and, and part of the problem is, you know, I think investigators get tired and they get other cases, right? Like they get fresh cases. And each detective, as far as human nature, it's a lot more fun to investigate a fresh case than to go back and investigate one that's cold. I mean, What's that's an example of a little thing that could bust a case open? As far in well, I mean, it could just be, I saw a vehicle that night. Mm, like I got right. a plate. I didn't realize, like I didn't know. And and like, I, I think I've said before, if not on this podcast, on many others, is that it, it surprises me to this day that people have information. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me? We well, didn't ask. Oh, shit. So you can't <laughs> assume that people just... If people have it, that they'll give it. They will, you know, it's, it's just not, it's just not how the world works. It's just not how people work. And so you've got to ask and you got to continue to ask, but it could be anything. It could be, oh yeah, I saw, you know, it could be the store owner or somebody when he, when he or she went in and bought, you know, some of that SWAT stuff, it could be that if, if, you know, they didn't have access to um, that stuff and they had to buy it. it. It could just be, man, that did kind of seem weird. And then they brushed it off because people are scared to come forward. And what I'm seeing more and more with TV and with um, the state of law enforcement around the country is at the end of the day, people really don't want to get involved. And that's sad because, you know, she, you know, Missy deserves it. You would deserve it. I deserve it. And it just kind of got to get back to a place where you know, it's going to be the neighborhood and the people that knew Missy and her friends and her enemies and all these people that just kind of come together to get that solved. Because I, I, every part of my being, somebody knows, mm -hmm. you know, the killer knows. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's told or she's told somebody. Yeah. Right. Do you find uh, often where um, uh, someone that you caught later was like watching or looking on social media to kind of see what people know? Oh, absolutely. Oh, or the suspect is absolutely. Yeah. They're listening to this podcast. They're looking at, you know, the new news, the anniversary. Absolutely. They're, the same thing that's happening in Delphi, Indiana with the two mm -hmm. girls that were murdered. They're paying attention. 
because there's so much social media attention and there's so much, you know, TV shows, I, you know, it's been on ID a couple of times. People magazine did a, you know, did an article. So it's very much out there and that intrigues people. And, oh man, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause you know, they know they've gotten away with it. Are they, are they crazy worried about it? Probably not. But when a new TV show pops up, like, you know, do they know anymore? But what's interesting with some of these shows is they really don't. They're just doing them a little bit different and showcasing a little bit different, but they're not really um, giving anything that people don't already know. Right. Yeah. We can't figure out why Midlothian police in Missy's case hasn't uttered a word. They're not telling anything. And we understand you don't want to tell things that would ruin the investigation, but why not tell the public that, hey, we're still working on it or, hey, we have our eye on someone. You guys are safe. Don't worry. Well, for no other reason, it'll, it will, it, like, just to say we're working on it, let's just say they're not, but they say that they are, then that might give that one person that thinks they might have some information go, oh, okay, they still care. Because if the police department is not giving any information out, then I think people assume that they're not working on it or they're not, or they don't care, or they're not looking into it, whatever the reason. So why would anybody that has information just, you know, why, if there's nobody asking for it, if there's, if there's no show of presence that we care, we're looking at it you know, we want to catch this person, then why would they come forward? It's already hard enough for people to come forward, Mm -hmm. you know, on their own. But if they're not hearing about it, they're absolutely, and we've got short attention spans and like human nature, if it doesn't affect you directly, we can forget about it really quickly. Right, right. So I think it's their job as the police department. You got to keep that stuff alive because you just never know. You never know. Well, just being able to hear that they're working on it and that, you know, they they haven't forgotten us or whatever, it just kind of gives you a little bit of comfort. Uh, And me living in Ellis County, you know, I mean, there are many times when I'm looking over my shoulder, if I go out to, you know, take out the trash or lock the car or get something out of the car and it's dark, I'm, I'm kind of nervous and I'm looking around the corners going, uh, you know, so that just knowing that they're, it just kind of gives you a little bit of comfort, you know? Yeah. Renee lives really close to the church where this happened. I would really, I would really be on raw edge if I was that close by. It's amazing that the police have not comforted the public in any way by saying, Hey, you know, we've got our sights on someone. Don't worry. You're safe. Um, they never said lock your doors either. They've never really taken a stance on that. It's really strange. Wow. And what kind of community again, was that area? Like what? Usually safe very and, safe. Oh, yes. Yeah, very safe. Everybody yes. knows one yeah, another. How many people live in that town or city? 30 something thousand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, and the murders, I think over the last like 10 years, maybe like seven. Yeah. Six, something like that. Not very many. Well, and then, you know, of course, when you get into those small towns, you don't have investigators that do this every day. You know, right. it, it kind of, it floored me a little bit with Delphi. It's like, why wouldn't you call in a, a detective from Indianapolis, anybody, or, you know, Chicago that do these every single day and look at it? Because I don't know that they've ever had a mel- uh, murder in, in, in Delphi. So you're not, you're not dealing with detectives that this on a daily basis right yes so very similar to midlothian in that way very similar yeah we, yeah we wonder why they didn't take the help i mean i guess they did do a few outside things but we had heard many times that they you know said we don't need any outside help and it's like why wouldn't you want help i don't get that you know yeah yeah that's always i've never been like that's why i never i can't take credit for anything i've ever done well in my life because somebody's been there helping me or giving me something so I just, I'm all about help. Like if you don't care, he gets the credit, you know, then, then I was always, I didn't care. who got the credit. I just wanted to be able to go to that family's house and say, Oh man, I know this has been hell, but I caught him. Right. You know, that, exactly. that was the win for me. It wasn't, 
you know, it, it wasn't anything else. And, and, and we got them, you know, we got them. Right. And however that looked, you know, bring everybody in for the prize. Cause it, it doesn't, it didn't matter to me. Right. You know? So, and I think that happens a lot, you know, law enforcement's a tricky, it's a tricky thing. It's, it's such a, it's such a group and, and to get in it, if you are not a part of it, it's even hard as, re- as a retired person to get information now, you know, and, and, and to try to help because, you know, you're old school now or we don't need you. We've got these people and, mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, I, I get it to a degree, but man, you know, in all my cases, I would take help from anybody that wanted to give it to me. Right. I, I agree with that. Uh, tell us some more about your podcast. Well, so Murder with Menina is going to be uh, our ultimate goal is to try to teach people some things and kind of highlight some things. And I think that I wanted to start this podcast with what I found interesting in the work that I've done, not only on the police department, but when I've gone and spoke or, or I'm sitting next to somebody on a plane, you know, and they ask what you do those questions that I get and what people really kind of want to know. And and an example is that, you know, people don't realize that getting a clear fingerprint is really hard. And um, so I think it's a combination of, you know, talking about my cases, talking about how to be a better detective in your own life as what I'm trying to give an example to my kids, you know, the most dangerous things that we all that we have and that we all have and we have with us all the time is a cell phone. And it's an emotional tool because if you're in a texting mess, if you're in a texting feud or you're upset or you're emotional and you're waiting for that text to come and all you're seeing are the little bubbles, your head is down on that phone and you are not keeping it um, moving around and looking at your surroundings. And we've become so emotionally attached to it and talk about trying to keep your keep yourself safe and then and, and then linking it with my cases. But we're also going to start looking at at cold cases, because I think it's just such an injustice that there are so many open cases around the country that nobody's even looking at. And I think it would be, uh, I think it would be really uh, humbling for me and very, um, oh, I don't know what the word is, very just fulfilling for me to knock on somebody's door and go, look, I I realize you lost your loved one 10 years ago and and I want to look into it, you know, and just that little satisfaction that somebody Mm -hmm. gives a shit. Um, it would be very impactful to them and very impactful to me. And I just think that at the end of the day, most cases can be solved, not all of them, but most of them. And it's just about, you know, motion begets motion, right? And if we can get things moving, we can get things solved. So we'll be looking at cold cases. We'll be looking at lessons to learn throughout your life to try to keep yourself safe. We are in an extraordinarily violent world right now. And COVID has increased that violence a lot. Um, we are in an age where if we, we, we put our whole lives out on Instagram and, and TikTok and Twitter and Facebook, and we give a lot of intelligence about ourselves and those platforms have become a cesspool for, um, you know, people that like to commit crimes and we give them a lot of information. So talking a little bit about that and, uh, having some fun, Colleen, my partner has been in the entertainment business since she was born, I pretty sure. <laughs> and she's worked with a lot of, of great, fascinating talent, talented people. And, you know, so her perspective and um, her inside and, and, and getting these cases, you know, out there, because it's never really been my goal to be on TV. If anything, I, I kind of want to work behind the scenes and say, oh, that's not how that goes. Because <laughs> like, I look at some of these shows and I'm like, what? What? So, yeah, you know, Bobby, uh, so, yeah, you know, so Bobby Chacon. 
Do you I'm know sorry? Who, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Do you know who Bobby Chacon is? He does that oh, yeah. for TV shows. Yeah, he was on our yeah. show one time, and yeah. that's what he does is he consults. Yeah, that'd be a great job for you to do. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's going to be it's going to be kind of a, a a fun podcast where we, you know, try to take tools and make it relevant to the listeners and then of course got to throw in the 700 cases that I've looked at, but I'm really intrigued by trying to get some momentum on some cold cases um because you see the ones that are highlighted, you know, with our major networks and and news outlets and man, there there's just a lot that need to be looked at and and you know, and I think people love crime enough, unfortunately, you know, you hate to say, oh, I love crime because you always know there's got to be a victim in order for that to have happened. But you have a lot of people who I think from what I've learned really wanted to be a detective and they just didn't go down that road that are more than willing to help. I'm one and of so them. <laughs> I'll take that help. Absolutely. You live in those towns, you live in those cities where these crimes occurred. Freaking come help me. You know, I can tell you about my neighborhood in my city. But I don't know about your neighborhood in your city and your town. So that's the plane with that. Awesome. We can't wait to see more episodes. You have one so far. And so how often do you plan on dropping? We're going to do it every we're going to drop every Tuesday, every week, unless something happens to me and I can't talk anymore, which I'm sure a lot of people would be excited about. But <laughs> we're going to do it. We're going to do it every week. And awesome. uh, yeah, it's on all of the, you know, Apple, Spotify. You can go to Murder with Menina. Dot com and check out the website. And you can also on our website, if you have a case that you want me to look at, um, we have a feature on our website where you can actually kind of leave a voicemail message. And, um, you know, we'll look into it. We'll absolutely look into it. I'll awesome. leave a message later. <laughs> and yeah, and we'll definitely link your podcast in our social media for everyone to access. Yeah, so. well, you know, I appreciate all your guys' work on the on the Missy Beavers thing, you know, you, you Gosh, your dedication to that is 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 fantastic and humbling. And you know, I think that you know a lot of this is luck, but you got to keep the ball moving in order to get lucky. And you guys are doing that, so I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, absolutely. Don't don't let anybody tell you you're not good at what you do because you're getting it out there. You know, and I always tell people it's it's not that hard to be investigator. It's it's time commitment and it's effort and it's desire, but you know. I'm not a rocket scientist by any stretch of the imagination. Right. I would have been an investigator if I uh, wouldn't have listened to somebody. They uh, had me thinking that it, it, it just wasn't going to work out for me. So I kind of moved on, but that's what I really wanted to do. So, yeah, well, good. I'm glad you're getting an opportunity to at least, you know, be a part of it. Yeah. Do it on some day. I don't care who the hell solves the case. Let's right. just get the case solved and move on to the next. Cause unfortunately there's always going to be a next. Right. Couldn't agree more. Um, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, we may come after you with some questions, and we would we hope that you'll be on the show again sometime in the future. We'd oh, love absolutely. to have you back. I gotta it's have you guys on our on ours. So Ooh, we'd you know, love that. Know, love go that. Go back and forth and, and mess around, and I'll come to Texas and we'll do a we'll live taping where we get a bunch of your friends and family and let's do and that. dive into a case. Maybe Can't we can wait. walk the church. We'll see if the church will let us walk through. Yeah, that would. Well, be you know what awesome. would be cool is to do it there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're ready whenever you are. You just say the word and we'll Well, uh, see if you can get access and let's do a live um a live podcast episode and have the community and the town that that are interested in this and want to help come come that day and we'll talk about it. Sounds you awesome. never know. That'd be awesome. Well, so, excellent. I, we're so excited right. you came on. Do you like being called Chris or Christine? I saw you called yourself Chris at the podcast on the on the 
you know notes. what? I usually am Chris. My dad still okay. calls me Christine. Okay. Um, that's about the only one. And then I get the Christina Menina because <laughs> it rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> that's not your name. I though. love it. <laughs> Christine Menina. Um, but, yeah, you know, have... and then a lot of people just call me M- M- or Menina. Yeah. So I like whatever. that too. Okay. We All get right. called Rodna Lawson, so we got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, right. absolutely. We sound like Cagney and Lacey. Well, that was another show, right? Right. And a great, fantastic show. Yeah. My first dog was named Cagney. Oh, that's so cool. That's cool. Yep, yep, yep. Love so. it. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much Thank for having you. me on. Thank and, you. Uh, Have a great rest of the weekend, and we can't all right, wait to you connect too, with you again to... soon. Sounds okay. good. Right. Thanks. Bye. 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 Yeah.